So today we're going to start talking about this idea of what it feels like to go through a shipwreck. And I don't know about you, but I've gone through some shipwrecks in my life. And I've had some really rough days and some moments that I didn't see coming. And all of a sudden, I found myself in a storm. And I find, you know, the ship that I'm on and the route that we're going and we're falling apart. And it feels like I'm left alone. And, and you may be in that season right now. You may be out of that season. That season might have been a while ago. Or maybe there's a day that will happen someday down the road where you'll find yourself in a shipwreck. Regardless, we're going to learn some great truths about how to find victory in these moments and beyond these moments, all right? So come on, let's pray real quick. Father, we love you. Lord, we just ask for supernatural wisdom right now. We ask that the Holy Spirit would come and speak directly to each and every single person, knowing exactly what each person needs, speaking directly from heaven. We thank you for the Holy Spirit, Lord. Lead God, direct us today. In Jesus' name, amen. So we find this guy named Paul, Acts chapter 9, hates Christians. He asks to go to Damascus, and he, and, and he wants to find Christians and throw them into prison. He wants to kill Christians. And, and on his way there, Jesus himself has an encounter with Paul. Could you imagine just driving down the road, and all of a sudden, it's like Jesus is in the car? I'd be like, <laughs> what are you doing, you know? And, and here's Jesus, and he's in the car, and, 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 and he's talking to Paul, and he's speaking to Paul. And he says, Paul, Paul, why are you persecuting me? And Paul finally comes to the realization that Jesus is real, because Paul was a Jew, and Paul did not believe in the movement of Jesus Christ, nor did he believe that Jesus and the disciples and these apostles that are preaching this good news of grace and, and goodness and, and God's favor and blessing, he totally hated these people and wanted nothing to do with them. Paul believed that the Messiah had not come yet. He was a Jew. He grew up as a Roman. And he has this incredible moment with Jesus, and it's like all of a sudden, I don't completely understand this because for me, my life with God has been more of a journey than just a moment, to be honest with you, okay? I'm still on a journey where God is restoring and healing and renewing and making me who I'm called to be. But Paul has this moment with God, and it's, all, it's almost like all of his shame, all of his guilt, all of his past, everything is dealt with all in one moment. He literally sees Jesus, and I believe he because he sees Jesus, he sees the fullness of Jesus' love, and the fullness of Jesus' love is too great to fully understand and to comprehend, but Paul gets an understanding of this. And Paul all of a sudden turns his life around and now is preaching the good news of Jesus Christ and sharing the gospel. And there's these wild stories in the book of Acts where Paul gets beaten and thrown in the prison and in dark moments at the bottom of prisons he starts singing and praising and worshiping the Lord in the roughest moments of his life and the earth shakes and the prison falls down and people come to know Jesus and then I remembered this story I just read the other day Paul is preaching and all of a sudden this kid falls out of a third story window and he dies and Paul goes downstairs and he picks him up and the kid comes back to life and Paul is here and restoring and seeing people filled with the Holy Spirit. Paul is on fire for Jesus. Paul is spreading what he experienced on that road to anybody that will possibly listen. Anybody. And so we pick up this story 
with Paul in Acts. If you got a Bible, go with me to Acts. And I'm sorry, Presbyterian people, I'm going to skip some verses. We're going to go to Acts chapter 27 today. Paul spent some time in Asia and is spreading the goodness of God and healing people and restoring people. And the Bible says that the Holy Spirit comes upon Paul and tells Paul that I need you to leave the providence of Asia. I need you to go back to Jerusalem. And the Holy Spirit says to Paul, he says, listen, you're going to be imprisoned and you're going to have bad days ahead of you. But Paul says this, how could I not go? How could I not obey the Holy Spirit? How could I not go share what is burning deep in my heart with the believers in Jerusalem? How could I forget about my fellow brothers and sisters, the Jews in Jerusalem, that need to hear about the good news of Jesus Christ and about his grace and his mercy? So Paul, even though knowing that the Holy Spirit says you're going to be imprisoned, you're going to be beaten, you have bad days ahead of you, still says, you know what, I'm going to follow what the Lord has in store for me because God's not not done with my life. And so Paul goes to Jerusalem. Some of the Jews from Asia come to Jerusalem, find out that this is Paul, and start a riot against Paul. And all of a sudden, we find Paul again being beaten and people wanting to kill him. And finally, the Roman government gets involved and they arrest Paul and they whip Paul because they want to find out what Paul has done wrong. But the reality is Paul has done nothing wrong. Paul is just sharing about the righteousness that we have in Christ Jesus. He's just, hey, telling people, hey, listen, because you belong to Christ Jesus, because you are in Christ Jesus, because you have salvation, you are now in right standing with Christ Jesus, and there is nothing that can separate you from his love anymore. Now, in that day and time, this is straight-up heresy. And even for us today, I believe a lot of us struggle with this on a daily, weekly, monthly, yearly basis to understand that you are the righteousness of Christ in Jesus Christ, that you are in right standing with him, that he loves you. He is for you. He is not against you. You get to boldly come before the throne of grace and receive his grace and his goodness at any moment, any time you need it. This is what Jesus has done for us. This is what he purchased on the cross. He didn't just purchase salvation. He took it all. This is why we see people healed. This is why we see people's lives restored. This is why we see people walk in victory, because of what Jesus accomplished on the cross. So as Paul is in Jerusalem, the Holy Spirit comes to Paul and speaks to Paul again and says, Paul, I'm, I'm sending you to Rome. I need you to take this message. Now leave Jerusalem, and I'm going to send you to Rome. But Paul has been in prison for over two years, and Paul is trying to get a hearing with Caesar. Okay, Paul, won, Paul is a Roman citizen, and so he wants a fair judgment, and so he's asking to go to Rome and to see Caesar. And so all of a sudden we find Paul, and he's in uh, chapter 27, and Paul is about to get on a boat. Acts 27, verse 7, it says this. For several days, it's been slow sailing. After great difficulty, we finally neared the city of Sedan. I think I said that right. If I didn't, I apologize, okay? But the winds against us were so strong, so we sailed across to Crete. Acts 27, verse 14 through 15, it says this. But then the weather changed abruptly. I don't know about you, 
But I know that there's been some moments in my life where I feel like I'm on the boat and I'm sailing towards somewhere and it's blue skies and my life is going well and my family's going great. But then all of a sudden, something erupts. You know, we uh, just took our boys to Columbus uh, just for a night because we wanted to hang out with them before they go back to school. And I can assure you, with three boys in the car, you can go from peace to chaos in about a half a second, okay? You can be in the pool, and everybody can be happy and happy and happy, and all of a sudden, people are crying, and they're angry, and they want to fight, okay? This is life. Sometimes a storm arises where we had no idea a storm was going to arise. And all of a sudden, we're in the midst of this storm. And it says, the winds were like typhoon strength called the Northeastern, bursting across the island and blew us out to sea. I feel like sometimes when we're on this course and direction in life, sometimes it's with our jobs, sometimes it's with relationships, sometimes it's in friendships, we can be going in this direction and all of a sudden the storm rises up and all of a sudden it's like we find ourselves in this place that we're like, I just can't understand and comprehend where I'm at or how I got here. I don't know if I'm the only one that felt that before. You find yourself in this place where you're like, where is God? They're blown out to sea. In verse 15, it says the sailors couldn't turn the ship into the wind, so they gave up, and they let it run its course with the gale force winds. I think that this is a great picture of life, that sometimes hard things happen, or a storm happens, or a rough season happens, and all of a sudden, we're finding ourselves in a position where we're like, I don't even know what to do, and so you just kind of throw your hands up at the world and go, whatever, God, and all of a sudden, the winds are just blowing you from side to side, and you find yourself somewhere going, God, if you're alive, God, if you're real, God, if you hear me, God, where are you? And you find yourself in a really rough spot. Acts chapter 27, verse 18 through 20 says, The next day the gale force winds continued to batter the ship. The crew began throwing the cargo overboard. Verse 19, the following day they even took some of the ship's gear and threw it overboard. Verse 20, the terrible storm raged on for many days, blotting out the sun and the stars until at last there was no hope. Acts 27, verse 22, but Paul speaks up and he says this, but take courage, none of you will lose your lives, even though the ship will go down. Um, I don't know if I was you, but if I was on a cruise ship and we were in a storm and we all knew that the ship was going down and somebody, you know, uh, let's take Josh. Josh says, hey, everybody, I want you to know, take courage. Even though the ship is going to sink, you will all live. I'd be like, good for you, Josh. I'm glad that you got faith. But, man, I, we're going to die. You know what I mean? But Paul raises up and he says, hey, take courage, take heart. Why does Paul say that? Okay. Because he remembers what God spoke to him in Acts 23, verse 11, where God said to Paul, Paul, you are going to go to Rome to share the gospel. And I need you to understand something, that when God speaks into your life, when God speaks 
that there is authority and there is provision behind when he speaks. Look at when God created the heavens and the earth. He spoke the heavens, he spoke the earth into existence. So that means that when God speaks, that there is blessing and favor beyond and behind what God speaks. So when God speaks something to your heart, you can take it to the bank. You can count on it. I promise you, it will come to pass. Even though you may find yourself in a moment where the sun and the stars aren't even shining no more. So Paul says, take heart. Verse 24 through 25, he says this. He says, don't be afraid. Paul, I surely will stand before Caesar. What more? God in his goodness has granted us safety for everyone who is sailing. Verse 25. So again, he says this. Take courage. Sometimes in the middle of a storm, we need to take heart and we need to take courage. Not in our surroundings, not in the people next to us, but in our God who is for us, not against us. In his goodness, he has granted us safely for anyone who sails to take courage. For I believe God. He will be just as he said. The Bible says that the storm rages on for weeks and weeks, and they're sailing, and finally the storm is so intense that it breaks the ship apart, and all of a sudden we find Paul and the men of the ship holding on the pieces of wood, floating through the ocean until they finally get to shore. And then we jump ahead into chapter 28, verse 30 and 31. These are the last two verses of the book of Acts. And it says this, For the next two years, Paul lived in Rome at his own expense. He welcomed all who visited his home. Verse 31, he boldly proclaiming the kingdom of God, teaching about the Lord Jesus Christ, and no one tried to stop him. Paul went through a shipwreck. And it wasn't a quick one. It was a multi-year, multi-month, multi-day shipwreck to finally get to this place in Acts 28 where it seemingly feels like Paul has found his promised land. Paul's now in a place where the Gentiles accept him and the Jews in Rome accept him. And he's able to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. And the gospel of Jesus Christ goes to Rome and then it just kind of flourishes throughout the world. And, and today we're here because of Paul. We're talking about the goodness of God because of Paul and the revelation that God gave him. But Paul went through a shipwreck. And so today we're going to look at a few things that we need to learn from this story. Number one is this. Paul did nothing wrong. The reality is, is that me and you have an enemy that hates our lives. The Bible says in John 10, 10, the enemy comes to what? Kill, steal, destroy. You know, um, a few months ago, no, probably a little bit old. Was, Shan, what do you think? Over a year ago with my dad, I started talking to you about this. Yeah? Probably over a year ago, I started sharing with my friend Shannon about how I felt like the Lord wanted me to uh, write a letter to my dad. And a lot of you don't know my story, but um, my mom and dad got split up when I was three years old, and my dad took off, and he remarried and had six more children. And for the last 37 years of my life, he has not spoken a day to me. He's never wrote a card. He's never picked up the phone. He never sent a birthday present. Zero communication for the last 37 years. 
And about a year ago, the Lord started to prompt my heart, and he told me, I want you to write a letter to your dad, and I want you to forgive him, and I want you to release the grace of God upon his life, and I want you to release him from this decision, and I want you to love your dad. It's one of those moments where I'm like, really, God? Like, I give my life to you. I serve you faithfully. You want me to do this? And so, to be honest with you, I fought God for like, gosh, Shannon, what do you think, 11 months? And I would talk to Shannon about it. And Shannon went through a similar time in his life. And the Lord just kept bringing me back, write the letter, write the letter. So I finally, I wrote the letter, I released it, I sent it to my dad. And if I'm being completely honest and being very open and transparent, I think there was a place in my heart that I thought, that he would respond And about a month later, I get this random message on Instagram. Thank God for Instagram, right? Or sometimes, no, you want to blow Instagram up and Facebook up. And I get this message from one of his daughters that's like 12 years old. And all it says is, Dad says, thanks for the note. See how angry I was with God? Really, God? I'm the son. I'm not the one that's supposed to do this. He's the dad. I was obedient. I did what you asked me to do, and this this is what I get after 37 years. And all of a sudden, you can find yourself in this moment where your soul feels like it's shipwrecked. And the reality is this, is I did nothing wrong. I was just born. I don't know why my mom and dad got divorced. I don't know why my dad took off. I don't know why he remarried. I don't know why he had six other kids. I don't know, but all I know is I did nothing wrong. And I know that Paul did nothing wrong either. And I know that a lot of you have gone through moments in your life that you did nothing wrong. But the enemy tells you that you did something wrong. The enemy is trying to push you into a corner and make you feel like you're the issue when the reality is you have an enemy who is out to kill and destroy your life. And then on top of that, we live in a fallen world because if we go back to the book of Genesis and you want to talk about why is there starving people and why is there injustice in our world and why is there horrible, evil things happening on a daily basis, I'll tell you why. Because God gave all the authority to Adam and Eve and said, I give you the authority of the earth. I'm putting you head over the earth. And all of a sudden, Adam and Eve do what? They allow sin to come into the world and they take the authority that God's given them and they hand it over to who the prince of this world the enemy the devil and all of a sudden the devil became the prince of this world and so we have millions of people who don't know Jesus that are following the orders in the march of the enemy 
And we live in a world that is tough. And we have moments where things happen that you did nothing wrong, I did nothing wrong, Paul did nothing wrong, but we find ourselves in the middle of a shipwreck. What's the second thing we learned? This is that Paul spoke faith, even though it seemed, and let me highlight this word, seemed, that all hope was lost. Acts 27, verse 20, said, A terrible storm raged on for many days, blotting out the sun and the stars until all hope was gone. I don't know if you've ever felt like that before, but I've had some moments where I thought, man, I have no idea how this is going to work out. I have no idea how we're going to get to the other side. My soul is wrecked. My thoughts are crazy. I don't know how. It feels like the world is ending. But Paul spoke faith. Proverbs chapter 18, verse 21 says this, The tongue can bring death or life, and those who love to talk will reap the consequences of it. See, God gave you a weapon, and it's called your mouth. He gave you a weapon called your tongue. And this weapon is used to speak out the goodness of God. You ever wonder why the presence of God shows up on Sundays? Maybe because we're in here and we're using our mouth and we're using our voice and we're using our tongue to do what? To glorify God, to praise Jesus, to lift him up. So when we lift up the name of Jesus, when we glorify God, when we speak out truth in the middle of what it seems to be utter disaster, what happens? God shows up. God goes, yeah, I recognize the word of God. I recognize that praise. I recognize when my people use this weapon that I gave them called their mouth to speak in faith. And this is where we find Paul, speaking in faith. Number three says this in verse 22. Paul says, take courage. None of you will lose your lives even though the ship will go down. Paul never gave his heart over to fear. To me, it's just so wild. It's just so wild to look at Paul in the midst of chaos. I went on on a cruise a few years ago, which I'll never go again because I was so sick the whole entire time. I literally threw up like for four straight days. It was terrible, okay? But I remember one night as I was throwing up over the side of the boat, I remember I looked out and all I could see was utter darkness. Here's a bunch of guys that are on a boat and they haven't seen the sun or the stars for days. They're living in pure, utter darkness. And I think sometimes that's how we feel when we're in a shipwreck or we've gone through a shipwreck. You just feel like the enemy is everywhere. You just feel his presence surrounding you. And he wants you to fear. He wants you to feel like there's no hope. There's no hope. But Paul never gives in to this notion. He believes that God is good and that the best 
days of his life are yet to come. A few years ago, uh, my son Michael that was up here singing today got real sick. And um, we took him to the doctor and they said, yeah, he's got pneumonia. He had a 104 temperature. And so they gave him some meds and we thought, praise God, it will be all over. And, and so he took the meds and he never got better. He's got worse. So for day after day after day, he slept for like 17 hours and he would lay there just sweating and just so sick. And so we kept taking him back to the doctor and taking him back to the doctor and they kept giving us different things, but nothing would work. And all of a sudden we're finding ourselves like on day 17 and day 18 and day 19 and day 20. And I don't know about you, but when you, my kid has been sick for 20 days, you start thinking, God, what is going on? What is happening? And so he finally took him to the doctor and they said, listen, you are leaving right here today and you're going down to Dayton Children's and they're going to admit him because we do not know what's going on. There is nothing more we can do. And so we drive straight down to Dayton Children's and we take him and they admit him. And all of a sudden they're talking to us about his pneumonia and how his pneumonia might have gotten into his bloodstream. And if it got into his bloodstream, it could get into his heart. It could get into his organs. And if it gets into his heart, it gets into his organs. There's nothing we can do. Sitting in that room with him, all you feel is the enemy breathing down your neck going, this isn't going to work out well. And you got to decide, am I going to give in to the fear or am I going to hold on to the word of God? Am I going to hold on to truth? Am I going to hold on to what God has said about my life, what he said about my future? Do I believe that the best days of my life are yet to come? Paul never gives in to the fear. Number four, last one is this. Verse 25, Paul says, take courage, for I believe God. It will be just as he said. You know what Paul says? When there's nothing left, I believe God. When there's just nothing left, I believe God. When there is no more hope, when there's no more answers, when there's no more roads, when there's no more direction, guess what? I believe God. I believe God. Matthew chapter 19, verse 26, Jesus looked at him and said this, humanly speaking, it's impossible, but with God, everything's possible. With God, it is possible. Mark chapter 10, verse 27, Jesus looked at them and said, humanly speaking, it's impossible, but with God, everything is possible with God. I don't know how to justify it, I don't know how to make it nice and pretty. I don't know how to put it perfectly together for you, but I know that I know that I know, and Paul knew that he knew that he knew that God was with him and that God was for him and that somehow God would come through. So Paul says, I believe, I believe, I believe. 
Isaiah chapter 41, verse 10 says this, Don't be afraid, for I am with you. Don't be discouraged, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will hold you up with my victorious right hand. Listen, I don't know what you've gone through in life. But I do know this. My favorite line in Jackie's testimony was this. She said, going to butcher it. But you said, God was way better than I could have ever imagined. Right? This is who our God is. He takes us out of the mire and he lifts us up. God is so faithful. And I know that there's a bunch of us in here today we're thinking, how could this ever change? But God is good. So I want to do this. Why don't you stand up with me today? And I want to pray into your life. And I apologize, it's hot. It is hot. I'm hot. I apologize, it is hot. But the place is packed. Come on, let's give it up for Jesus for that, okay? Love what God's doing, and we're going to have the air fixed in like a week. So praise God. It's going to be good. But I want to pray into a couple things today. Number one, if you came here today and you're in the middle of a shipwreck or you're going through a shipwreck or you went through a shipwreck and you did nothing wrong, you're carrying that. I want to pray for you today. Number two, if today you just need to believe again in faith. You know what I love about Ryan Wonderly? is the guy will just text me, call me, and just pour out just, just encouragement. It's the best thing ever. Sometimes you just need your soul encouraged to know that other people love you and that God loves you and he's with you and he's for you. And even though you're in the middle of the darkness, that there are going to be days of light and hope and the best days are yet to come. I want to pray for you with that. Lastly, I want to pray against fear. Because fear has a way of robbing faith. You can't walk in faith if you're living in fear. Fear will rob and destroy your life, and it will cause you to believe that God is not good. Amen? Okay. So if you're dealing with fear, throw your hand up. Dealing with fear, throw your hand up. Okay. You need encouragement, throw your hand up. See encouragement. Just need to believe again that God can restore. Amen. I want you to grab hands. Hey, Nathan, I want you to know God knows it all. He's seen it all. 
He knows what's true and what's not true. And if you'll let him, he'll start healing and pouring out his love to restore you. And that there is a day that will not be like today. You are on this earth, Nathan. You're still breathing because God wants to use you. Those beautiful girls, they need you. But there are people at your job, there are people you've never met, there are people you've never seen in your life, and you have life, you have breath in your lungs because God's not done with you. Just like he wasn't done with Paul. He said to Paul, he said, no, I'm not done. We're not ending here in Jerusalem. We're going to Rome. I don't know where God's telling you that you're going to go, but you're going somewhere, Nathan. God's got you if you'll trust him. Amen? Come on, let's pray. Father, we praise you. Come on, let's praise him. Worship you, Jesus. We worship you, Jesus. Come on, let's just worship him. Glory to you. We praise you. We honor you. We magnify your name. We worship the great name of Jesus, the name that is above all names. We thank you, God, for your grace and your favor and your goodness. We thank you for your ability to heal and restore and renew. We thank you, God, that you are good and you are just. We thank you, God, that you are for us. You are not against us. We thank you, Lord, that you have us by the hand and you're walking with us. So we praise you. We choose to worship you. We choose to honor you. We choose to glorify you. We choose to lift your name on high today. We worship you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Come on. I want to sing that little thing out. 